It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. Wow, that's... Ooh, let's try that again. Welcome to Barely on Topic. Oh my god, I can't do this right. It's been like six weeks or so since we've been... Oh my god. It's been six weeks since we've put out a, long, a show. A long fucking time. Yeah, we, this is the first time we haven't done a um, uh, post-Bruins exit um, uh, pre-free um, uh, agency show. But we didn't have a first round pick, so why do a why do a draft show really? Yeah, yeah, yeah we just couldn't. You know what? We we figured it was a an exercise in futility. And uh, so I have uh, Jeff and Tim here. Yo, hello. All right, you did it just the right way. And guys, I just want to say, oh my God, the Bruins failed to sign LeBron James. <laughs> I'm I'm quite honestly pissed that they didn't sign LeBron James. <laughs> That's what everybody's been talking about, right? <laughs> I mean, he is the perfect big body score that they need. He's a game changer. Come on. He has a game-breaking talent. He can win the cup all by himself. Something that they tell you can't be done in this, in this sport. Plus... To top it off, his kids, his oldest son's 13, going to be drafted in five years. I mean, we could have the James James connection. The James gang, if you will. <laughs> uh, James to James. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so obviously the big thing that happened recently was that the the Bruins got screwed by John Tavares. I mean, but we got less screwed than like the Islanders did by John Tavares. That's but, true. He at least looked us in the eyes when he fucked us. I mean, but I will say also at the same time, the Islanders had it fucking coming. I feel bad for their fans, though. I think that the Islanders did a great thing in getting rid of snow. I do. They waited too fucking long. They they waited way too long, and I feel like Tavares had some weird devotion to him, and uh, uh, I don't know. It, it it seems like Tavares was willing to stay with them as long as G- Snow was there, and, and it's that's like a shoot yourself in the foot philosophy, because you're never going to get anybody good to play with you, like really good. Especially if you take up most of the salary. And, they, you know, it's like, Lou Lamorello is going to make sure that Hosang gets played, right? It's about time, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I do feel bad a little bit for the Islanders, just because I know the feeling. Little, you know, seven, eight-year-old Tim felt that when Mo Vaughn left the Red Sox to go to the Los Angeles, or then the Anaheim Angels on a huge contract. So I get the feeling of feeling betrayed. However, the first, whatever, eight, nine years of Tavares's career, they did nothing. They made the playoffs like three times. The fact that the Tavares in that time, you know, made millionaires out of PA Parento and, and Matt Molson and Kyle Ocposo and, and Josh Bailey and Anders Lee and, and, and Thomas Vanek, I can keep going. 
Um, <laughs> one of these players is not like the others. I know. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> but uh, like, think about that. He was paid only five and a half million for, for all that time, or less. He kind of when he was on his ELC, he made millionaires out of all of his buddies, who are mostly not good hockey players. And then this team, and then the team basically couldn't be bothered to be competitive. He had to make. Make schlubs into uh, into first line players his entire career. Like honestly, the fact the only thing I'm disappointed in Tavares here, but with respect to the Islanders, is the fact that he even pretended that he had any interest in going back there. Right, right. <laughs> and because you know what, he rightfully if he didn't, he rightfully did not. <laughs> because why would you? I feel like the Islanders made moves far too late to try to um, keep him in there. And um, the the way I feel like Tavares really screwed the Bruins, because we are a Bruins podcast, presumably, ostensibly, it's not that he didn't choose us, because I'm going to, I've said this before, I've said this on Twitter, and I'll say it again, I never once thought he was really coming here, and I, I didn't want to squash other people's dreams more than I already did. But, you know, it's good to dream. It's good to dream. It's good to have fun. Right, Tim? It is. I mean, you got to have it a little bit. It stinks when the player doesn't come here, but you got to have the little bit of hope. But but I'll get into why I didn't think that in a minute. What I want to say is that John Tavares screwed us because he signed with the fucking Maple Leafs. Who have the worst fans uh. right now. Who don't know how to accept that they, they won. They got this like great guy. Um, they won the John Tavares sweepstakes, and then they're just like, "You Boston fans are so salty. Your tears are delicious." Nah. It's like, oh my god! <laughs> like, like we're supposed to be happy for them or something? Like what? No. That's not how this works. Our team was bidding against yours. You sorry fucks. Like, have you ever heard of being gracious in victory? Jesus. If the Sharks had gotten Tavares, which they gave him a $13 million per year deal, I would be, like, totally fine. I wouldn't even think that Tavares screwed us over. I would have been like, yep, that sounds good to me. And you know why? Because that's way the fuck away from me. We only have to, we only have to look at that twice a year, uh, twice next year, barring everything going really well for both us and them. Right. So. <laughs> right. I just didn't care. Um, it's like, uh, so I, I really did say out in public, I thought the uh, that he would go back to the Isles. Wrong. And I thought he would go back to uh, go over to the Sharks. Wrong again. And then, you know, I'm fine with being wrong. I'm okay with being wrong. It's just that John Tavares decided to go to the Maple Leafs, which was a dream of his since he was a child or something. Which oh, my fucking God. Shut up. Say after stringing all these other teams along. I know. It's like, that's oh, God. I cannot wait to see how Toronto fucks this up. I cannot wait because you know Toronto, they are going to fuck this up, and it is going to be spectacular. There's a reason why they haven't won a cup since 1967. It was four-one. It was four-three. All of that bullshit. It happened because it's Toronto. They're gonna fuck it up. You know what's going to happen now? I said, and I, and I, and I, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this hot take, bold prediction on, on the table right now, publicly, beyond just our private chat. Ooh. In a year, 
in a year. Matt, Austin Matthews is going to string out his uh, his second contract negotiations, and then first thing in July, he's going to sign an absolutely indescribable colossal. We're talking maxed money for max term. Um, a contract with the Coyotes, his hometown <laughs> team, and every single and every single member of the Canadian hockey media will stroke out in unison. Dead doornails. <laughs> and, and then the Leafs will be fans will be like, "Where's the loyalty? What's that? I can't believe he left because he's childhood team. That's so stupid. That's what they're all gonna say." And guess what? It's gonna be hilarious. Well, okay, yes. In our private chat, I said, "I think that there's gonna be a tussle in the room because John Tavares will get the C over Austin Matthews." <laughs> Oh, I guarantee you that happens now. You don't think they you don't think they signed him without promising him that you got him to sign that contract without also promising him the C? Oh yeah, they just thought they had a maid captain just walking in, so there's going to be divisiveness. In, in fact, I know honestly, I bet that's a bid that the, the Boston was the only team that wasn't in a position to make, right? Yeah. Because because if they signed Tavares in a year, they, in a year the Sharks would lose Pavelski, which means their captaincy would be wide open in a year. Yep. Toronto doesn't have a captain. He was already the Isles captain. Dallas was just happy to be there. Yep. <laughs> like, seriously, what the fuck were they even doing there? <laughs> I don't even think they know. <laughs> they, Dallas got a call from John Tavares' agent being like, we want a meeting with you. And they were like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> what do you want a meeting with us? <laughs> <laughs> we don't even want to be here. In the meantime, one of the Preds fans who's on my my uh, Twitter timeline was like, "Well, John Tavares signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Bless his heart." And I'm like, "Nashville wasn't in it." Yeah, your team, but yeah. your team wasn't invited. Oh, but you know, you know what? Other team wasn't invited. And I feel like we need to give some time for this because um, it is one of our favorite pastimes. The Habs were politely told that Tavares was not interested in even having a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. Now, what's most, more phenomenal is that the moment that they got that return, that Bergevin wasn't fired 45 seconds later. Because you have to figure that was the only thing he had left going for him, was this hope that he could get Tavares. Oh, but Placata just got well, back. Well, well, here's the thing, though, with Tavares in Montreal. He wanted to stay at center. He didn't want to get moved to wing. So... <laughs> Was he old enough to play? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can't have a good center in Montreal. You can't. Have to play wing. <laughs> Has Tavares spent any time in Russia? Tavarevsky? Tavarevsky. Ah, okay, anyway. Tavarevsky, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> That's a good one. You didn't want to play wing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, you gotta, you gotta. Even if you have a player like Tavares, you gotta move him to wing to make room for you know, first line centers like Max Domi. So. <laughs> it's the only sensible thing to do. <laughs> oh my god! I forgot about that one too. <laughs> Like, I remember seeing Max Domi in, like, juniors and, like, wow, he looks really great. And it's like, no. <laughs> oh, you know also, 
you know who they else got Placanic back. Yeah, I, know. I oh, just said that a while ago. You know, they did. They they totally brought back Thomas Placanic. You know, yep, that's that's a thing you can do. <sighs> I said that. <laughs> they missed. <laughs> they had a a lower ratio than they needed, uh, or th- than they wanted of turtleneck wearers. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the Clifford Kakanich can get his beard back now. <laughs> oh, you know what sucks about Lou, about, about Lou being the GM for of the Isles now is that like Nick Letty has one of the best beards in the league. Oh, that's oh, unfortunate. No, and oh no. Well, no, his is like a reasonably well maintained one. It's not like you know. That thing that that thing that squirrels obviously live in on um uh, on Brent Brown Brent Burns' oh, face. God, it just makes me almost vomit every time I think about it. <laughs> yeah, but Lou's a no facial hair guy, right? Yeah. Oh, that Hell is a shame. He, that's going to go over perfect in New York with the Yankees having the same rule. Oh God, that's so sad. Uh, uh, an Islanders friend said, "Oh, by the way, this he, he tweeted out." this is the lineup that we have so far going into the season. And he tweets out the thing. <laughs> and I, and he's like, I don't, uh, it might be July 1st, but I'd rather chew glass than look at that for 82 t- times. And I'm like, Oh, don't worry. Boy, Chuck will be out for at least 20 to 30 games. <laughs> oh, Johnny. <laughs> I love Johnny. I do. I love Johnny, but, Damn, that trade now looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would look better if um uh, if Lindgren hadn't uh, gone out in the um uh, in the Nash trade. But here we are. So mm. we got Brandon Carlo. This we do, and my theory on Nash: he's going to take half the season off. We're going to get him as a, as a no as a deadline addition for just cash, but. We'll get back to that. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll we'll talk to we'll talk about that. Okay. So anyway, I think we've purged ourselves of the John Tavares thing, right? So we can. Oh, move just on. one more thing. Just just oh. um, fuck the Leafs. Okay, I'm good now. <laughs> yeah. Fuck them and their fans, both of them. Just fuck them. Yep. I hope y'all lose Austin Matthews, and then I'll laugh. Oh, oh, one more thing. Offer sheet William Nylander. Yes, someone in the East offer sheet William Nylander to the, you know, the most you can justify for eight, for seven years. Because either they let him go, or they match and they lose Marner in a year. Offer sheet, offer sheet, offer sheet. Okay. I wish offer sheeting people in the NHL was a thing. Like, this fucking is the exact man. time for it, though, right? Offer sheets aren't really a way to acquire players. They're a way to fuck over your rivals. Yes. Offer sheet, because, like, offer sheet. I'll remind you. David Backus once signed an offer sheet with Vancouver. It was matched, and um, uh, the um, uh, St. Louis promptly signed garbage player Steve Bernier to a gigantic uh, offer sheet just to fuck with Vancouver in, in retaliation. Now, the weird thing is that Vancouver bothered matching. Huh. Because even under Mike Gillis, Vancouver just wasn't good at this. Speaking of Vancouver, they had kind of a bad day yesterday. <laughs> at least, you know, unless you're Jim Benning and think that was a good day. Um. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Dr. Schaller has moved on to Vancouver. Yes, and somehow he's not getting lumped into their group of bad contracts, but he's a component of what is now a $7.9 million fourth line, along with Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel. 
Mm. You're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they they don't know what they're doing in Vancouver. No, nope, they do not. I, I'm sad about losing Timmy Schaller. I am very much as well. But um, I'm glad we're not paying a 1.9 for the next two years. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about uh, somebody else we lost yesterday. We we did lose Riley Nash for a very reasonable amount. I would have I would have signed him to that contract. I really would have. Why I, why I don't see a reason not to assign Riley Nash to a three year two seven five. No, I totally would have done that too. Even if he basically even if one of the um, uh, one of the three center prospects uh, pan out immediately, make the team. I am not above paying Riley Nash to be a truly, absurdly, unreasonably good fourth-line center at that rate because yeah. he's that useful. Yeah, we thought he was going to get somewhere like four a year, didn't we? I thought three and a half was realistic, yeah. Like, good on Jarmo for that, for getting landing that contract. Holy shit. But that's that honestly right there is the only thing that happened yesterday that I truly don't understand what Sweeney's doing. Yeah, yeah, because that, that deal was very, very affordable, and I hated to see it. And it happened, and it happened fairly late in the day, so it wasn't like it was uh, held up while waiting on Tavares' news. Nope, because it came two or three hours after Tavares' uh, after Tavares' announcement. I wonder, and I could be wrong, and this could be stupid for saying. I wonder how much Sweeney was scared about, like his history with, like after the concussion with the puck to the head and everything like that. You know, I can get behind that if that was his concern. I really can. I just think it was a miscalculation on Sweeney's part. I think so, too. I wonder if he under-offered. And insulted him early on. Because, honestly, based on what we know about his negotiations with Hudobin, it sounded like Sweeney was taking a really ruthless, hard, ruthlessly hard line with his free agents. Yep. Seeing as Hudobin left over 50 grand by the sounds of it. Mind you, I really like what we did instead. But again, we'll get to that. We're still on the exits at the moment. Rick Nash is still a, we don't know what's happening with him. Yep. No, he- yeah, yeah. He's, he's sitting out for now. My theory is he's gonna is he's gonna take like half a season off and then re-sign in like January or something for a you know prorated deal, which actually could be a pretty nifty um, uh, deadline move. Mm. Kind of like Mike Fisher did. And I feel like either uh, if he does that, either us or Columbus are the uh, front runners for that. I guess it'll be a matter of who's doing better at the time. Most likely, yeah. And who has the cap space? But it, you know, it's more important to. to point out that right now i think that concussion that he had really concerned him he was out for quite a while well he's had a few since he got to new york as well right right so So he needed to take the time to he needs to take time to to think about his future if he wants to play anymore and like i pointed out before i know people don't like it when you point out the human element but he has two really young children at home He's got to think about them and his quality of life and their quality of life. Well, I just said, you know what? He's got he's got over ninety six million dollars in career earnings. Mm-hmm. He does not have to play. No, nope. he can do whatever the fuck he damn well pleases forever. And honestly, he could, especially with him suffering the concussions, he could join up with um, Nick Boynton and uh, Daniel Carcillo and try to help push more research and more. Um, oh, that depends on what he wants to do, right? Um, because Carcillo's now, because Boynton's in, you know, filed a new lawsuit to the league, besides the one that's ongoing. A player that wants to play, that maybe wants to play again, is probably not going to want to touch that with the 10-foot ball right now. Right, I'm saying if he does retire mm-hmm. and decides to go and ride off into the sunset, I mean... I think the obvious thing for him to do is to go into broadcasting. 
He's never met a camera he didn't like. It's no, true. He is, he's, he's got an infectious smile and so forth. And he seems pretty articulate, so I mean... Yeah, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, he's got options. Um, I, I, you know, whenever somebody is going to consider what their life is outside of the game, I think it's good for them to take as much time as they need to, to figure out what they want to do. I think I've been pretty vocal on this podcast about how I feel about players who have had injuries, especially head injuries, and how important it is to not um, have problems later on if you can avoid it. You know, there are so many, so many brain injury uh, issues that that happen and occur, and uh, without saying like things like uh, CTE and dementia, and you know. That's the kind of stuff we're looking at. So I think it's good for him to just consider what he needs to do. Spend time with his family. That's a very important thing. So good for him. I I hope he makes the right decision for him. I don't care if it involves the Bruins or not. I agree. Nope. I, I, I agree 100%. And I, I love that he's doing this when he probably had multiple, you know, four and a half million a year plus three-year contracts available to him. Right. Like that, like think about how like much applause that requires. Not many, many guys retire when there's still people willing to offer them contracts. Yeah, that that, that takes a that takes a lot to to uh, to say. Nah, I'm gonna step back and think about this for a while. Wow, that made everything really somber. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> okay, no. so other exits: um, Gianta and Wingles of no import. Uh, Nick Holden, apparently the Bruins were still negotiating them in, into yesterday afternoon until he decided to ha- sign with um, uh, Vegas. Which, thank you, because it was like two years and two million for Nick Holden. I have no beef with Nick Holden, but yeah, I didn't really want to see him again. Yeah, that was fine. It was nice that you were here. Thank you, but good luck. <laughs> and, well, two other departures. Uh, Austin Zarnick. This was preventable. It probably should never have gotten to a point where this was able to happen. I would have called him up with all the injuries after the after the deadline. Yeah. He never got a call up. It was crazy. Yeah, we kept playing Wingles and Gianta. It's like, why don't you call up freaking Zarn- Zarnik, right? I mean, it's like, okay, he can't play enough games to, to prevent... At that point, because at that point, it was already too late for him to play enough games to uh, avoid unrestricted free agency unless he ended up like dressing in every playoff game. So, and then the waivers, but it doesn't fucking matter. Right. If you give him a chance, maybe he resigns with us. Yeah. If you show that you believe in him, right. The Bruins didn't do that. And that's why they lost him. Cause there's no reason the Bruins could have, couldn't have given him the contract that Calgary did. It's a little higher than I thought, but I would have thought it would have been a below. It would have been still below the uh, burial amount, even if it was a one way contract. You know, something more like what um, uh, Marcheseau and uh, Yanni Gord had. But still, Bruins just didn't handle that one as well as they should have. Nope, they, they, they did not stick that landing. But Calgary is building up. Yeah, I mean, they signed him. I think they signed James Neal as well. Yes, they did. James Neal, and they were the one that got the guy who was considered to be likely the value center, center hiring, uh, Derek Ryan. Yeah. I remember seeing plenty of things that said he would potentially be this year's uh, Riley Nash coming out, you know, a good depth center coming out, inexplicably coming out of the shit that is uh, Carolina. So, but anyway, Austin Sarnik's gone. It's a drag. Uh, Tommy Cross signed with um, uh, signed a two-way de- with a two-way deal with Columbus. Um, you know, he wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to become an NHLer in Boston. I don't think he's going to become an NHLer there either. But good on him. Um, good luck in Cleveland. 
Yep, I would have chosen Providence over Cleveland in this particular scenario, but that's just me. Um, you know, sometimes you just need a fresh start somewhere else. In any case, in any case, I'm happy for him. He's been a good soldier, such a good soldier for so long. Got to assume that either Chris Breen or Jordan Schwar or, or Jordan Schwartz, sorry, is the captain in Providence next year. Um, yeah. Breen having re-signed a, to an AHL deal, and of course we re-signed uh, Schwartz for another year some time ago. So, I, you know, this year I got to make sure I go down to Providence to see some games. I didn't do that this past year for whatever reason, but yeah, get down to see my P Bruins, my home state. That should be a fun, t- a fun uh, team to watch next year, actually. I yeah. hope so. I hope so. Um, um, oh, yep. The only other departure down there is we didn't qualify Justin Hickman. But the team did give qualifying offers to Anton Bleed and to Colby Cave. <laughs> Colby Cave? <laughs> <laughs> say it. I won't. And I, all I will say is, fuck you, Ben. That's just your And I did say, what are you talking about? He's like, no, really. I'm like, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, one thing that, um, because we've been on a little hiatus, um, one thing I do want to talk about is that Dougie Hamilton (laughs) has overstayed his welcome somewhere. (laughs) He's now with the Carolina Hurricanes. He is not going to be part of the real rebuilding in Calgary. Okay. They said, no, we don't need you. And then they're like, quick, he's gone now. Let's bring in all these other people and make an effort. <laughs> well, and this is it. They did pretty well on the return, right? You know, they got Hannafin and uh, Elias Lindholm. I mean, kind of shrug on the latter case, but like, you know, Hannafin, a lot of potential there, but they still. Calgary still gave up the best player and seemed t- totally cool with it. So, like, yeah. <laughs> you just don't want Dougie in the room, I guess. Um, I hate Dougie. Now. <laughs> now, the people were trying to do, you know, there was a weird combination of both, like, character assassination and people rushing to defend Dougie in the week after that trade. I mean, he is an intellectual, so... <laughs> The, 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 the one that, that really got me, the one that really, really got me here, though, was that uh, story that he about him and Freddie befriending some, you know, terminal kid in the hospital and, like, like you know, more than just one visit, but, like, seriously making friends with this kid and their family and stuff. And it was touching. It was a great story. Dougie and Freddie are great people. Doesn't mean Dougie's not a weirdo that alienates his teammates. Yep. 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 <laughs> He's an intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to go to museums. <laughs> and here's the thing about people jumping to, to jump that he's that he's of bit that defend him for those things. It's like, yeah, you know, that's great. Um thing is he is part of a team and unfortunately um these people generally aren't intellectuals. They're a bunch of fucking goombas most of the time. So it's it's one thing that's for sure certain. Dougie has very many leather bound books and his apartment smells of rich mahogany. You know, theory he might have left Boston because uh, because Soderbergh left. Soderbergh oh. liked museums. Soderbergh actually he, he was a really cool guy. He liked he liked culture, he liked museums. You know, I, I wouldn't put him on the same level as like Zidane Chara because I really do think that Zidane Chara is an intellectual. He speaks too many languages to be anything short of genius level, so 
Uh, and he just has this like <laughs> this thirst for uh, this curiosity for um, for knowing things. So it's like Zdeno Chara is that. But are you trying to tell me that Dougie left Boston because he couldn't hang with that? I think that Zdeno Chara was sorry that was was tired of dragging his ass around. You know, maybe they just didn't like Dougie because his weird didn't fit in with anybody else's normalcy. But I don't really even care about all that because I'm just going to lay it out for you how I see it. Ready? Remember that summer that I said, sign Dougie, please sign Dougie, sign Dougie today. I, I do. I, I do remember that summer. Yes. Yes. And then how when Dougie didn't sign and then he was like, no, fuck you. I want to go to Calgary or wherever the fuck. Uh, I don't want to be in Boston anymore. You know what? Yeah. He killed something in me. That was his fault. Because he killed my capacity to dream about getting like a John Tavares or some like super thing because he didn't fucking sign here because he said, "Uh uh-uh, you guys aren't good enough for me. So fuck you, Dougie. I hope you have no success anywhere and alienate people everywhere because you're an asshole. Fuck you, Dougie. See, here's the thing. Dougie is an intellectual, but he's not an intellectual enough to hang with Zdeno Chara. So he's not too intellectual, but he's above everyone else. He's in between Chara and everyone else on the intellectual scale. Oh, he's a baby intellectual. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, and the whole intellectual thing, when I saw... PK Zuban with Chara at Harvard. I just wanted to be like, come to Boston, PK, please. I, I think that everybody said that. I think that we said it on Twitter. It's like, yes. Yep. Yes. Make it so. You know, I want to see PK Zuban in a Bruin sweater for many reasons. One, I like him. Two, he's good. Three, I want him to own all the racist pieces of shit who still boo him at the garden. Because you're not booing him because, uh, like, you could probably boo him because, like, you think he's a dirty player. I can get that. But I think a lot of people aren't booing him for that reason. I, no. I got other reasons I want him to, though. I, I want every day, every single game to be, you know, a fashion show between him and Pasta. I want, the, <laughs> him, and, I want him and Brad making everyone on the world just hate us so, so much. <laughs> like, and then there's, I so many reasons, there's so many reasons PK just makes sense in Boston. <laughs> And then I can't wait. I want PK in Boston. Then I want them to march up to Montreal and get the game-winning goal every single goddamn game. <laughs> like every single game. Oh yeah. Um. Uh, by the way, uh, he didn't. He wasn't good in the room. Remember, he has character issues. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. The character issue is he has too much of it. God. <laughs> The character issue is that people like him. <laughs> yeah, you're too likable. Like, can't be too intellectual We're not or too to likable. Have... We're the Habs. We're not supposed to have fans, just prestige. <laughs> Go fucking it's home. It's a privilege. Go fucking home, thrift store, Goldblum there, you French fuck. <laughs> I was talking about Bergevin, just to be clear. Yeah, I don't. Cons- he's not on my Goldblum scale at all. I'm not the first one to make that analogy, and someone's like, you know what? I kind of see it. Okay, fine. I'll go with thrift store Goldblum, sure. No. But it makes me die a little inside every time I think it. I haven't really thought of the Goldblum continuum 
But Bergevin's not on it for me. I, I can tell you that right now. No, no, not, no. I, I, I feel, I'm actually offended. I'm offended that you made me put those two things in the same sentence. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Now, I, how am I going to enjoy Goldblum the same way? I will. I would totally enjoy him the same way because he's Goldblum. Come on. I, mean, I might have to watch Thor Ragnarok again tonight, though. Oh, sacrifices. Or some episodes of Portlandia that he's on. I'm trying to think of the things that I could just call up right off, right off the bat. So anyway, Jurassic Park. Uh, you know, I while I understand why people enjoy that, like that whole like Goldblum like is Doctor Ian Malcolm kind of thing. Uh, I I while I get why people enjoy that and I enjoy the visuals, I can't sit through that movie again. It's just not one of my favorite movies. I just feel like, I don't know. It was one of those family movies. It was like those movies that my family used to drag me to, and I just was kind of not as excited about it. And I love dinosaurs. What the fuck? But I just didn't love this movie. Who doesn't love dinosaurs? I mean, come on. Well, I thought we established it's because VA is because some uh, Richard Dreyfus should have played them. Yes. Should have played Hammond. Yes, we yes. figured it out. We figured it out. Yeah, as 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 great as as Donald Pleasance was. Um, no, no, it was uh, Attenborough. Um, Attenborough, rather. Sorry, yes. Confusing my uh, my uh, my aging uh, aging Great Escape characters. My bad. Yes. At least I didn't say Steve McQueen. That would have been <laughs> really hard for him because he was dead. Um, oh, yeah. Wow, Tim is taking the news of Steve McQueen's death very hard. He died um, in 1980, Tim. So, uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Rajon Rondo, who won a title with the Celtics, beating the Lakers, just signed with the Lakers. Oh, <laughs> oh that's that's heartbreaking. I still like Rondo, and now I can't like him anymore. I think he has the perfect anime eyes. He does. He does. He does. But anyway, quickly. Jeff and I have had a discussion about like changing one role in a movie and it changes the whole movie. And I, I said to him, I just don't feel like Steven Spielberg has been the same filmmaker since he stopped working with Richard Dreyfuss. Like I really felt like Richard Dreyfuss was his muse and they haven't worked together. I think since, um, close encounter to the third kind. Was that the yeah, last Yeah. So really they, they only did, they only did a couple movies together, but that was, you know, the muse. ones that define him. Yes. Yes. I can't personally watch Jaws anymore because my dad overwatched it when I was a kid. So I can't really watch it, but I'm not, that doesn't diminish the performance. That's what I'm trying to say. And I, I just feel like Spielberg just doesn't have the same magic. And if you saw Ready Player One, you would totally agree with me. It was too self-referential. I just didn't like it. But anyway. I mean, but a, lot, his, a bunch of his most recent movies have been shitty like that, right? Yes. I mean, like, you know, War Horse, um, the BFG. He, he's been making a lot of shit lately. Um, Lincoln wasn't great. I could go on. Really, since Minority Report. Wow. Oh, I... fuck that. Oh, that awful version of, uh, of, of I, Robot with, with Spielberg, too. Yeah, didn't he do War of the Worlds? He did a couple with Tom Cruise, and it's just like... Yeah, he did that, too, and that's uh, yeah, he's, it's not good. <laughs> I just feel like when you're saying, like, I want to work with Tom Cruise, you're like, I want to eat garbage. Uh, it's just the same thing to me. Or I really need someone in this movie who looks good while they run. Oh, man, I love the movie. What was it called? 
what was that movie called where Tom Cruise died again and again and again and again? Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, I love that movie. That was my favorite Tom Cruise movie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a fan. (laughs) I am not this terrible person. I'm really not. So the last exit was Dobby, of course. Yeah, he got his sock. However, we did we did we did get get Ty Anderson to share the best Dobby story ever right at the end. One that I can't believe he was sitting on. I yeah. Um, does anybody have that called up so we can read it? Um, just to paraphrase, I don't have it in front of okay, me right yeah. here. Let but basically, find, let me find it. Let me find it. Let okay. me find it. I don't want to misquote. Favorite Hudobin story. I've never found a way to work into a feature. Hudobin once explained to me in great detail that he tries to be an extra coach on the bench. Was really proud of how he helped Carlo grow. I asked Carlo about it. Carlo, I never knew what he was saying. (laughs) (laughs) It's so perfect. (laughs) Um, I was watching watching Behind the Bee uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, there was a scene where they were featuring Hudobin in this little sequence. And he actually caught a puck that flew into the bench, right? He, it, it, it whizzed right almost by him and he caught it, right? And he's like, I may be on the bench, but I made a save in this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. See, now that's a likable weirdo. <laughs> right, right. Why can't everybody just be likable weirdos? <laughs> don't be like Dougie. Be like like Dobby. Ah! Don't be like Dougie. Be like Dobby. Perfect. Now, Dobby signed, uh, what was it, a two and a half a year for two years with Dallas? Yeah, I hope Dallas doesn't ruin him. This isn't a, this isn't a place where goalies go to thrive. No, it definitely isn't. Also, how much money do they have on the books for goalies at this point? Um, less than you'd think. Layden's yeah, Layden's contract ended and they're on the last year of the uh of the buyout for um oh, uh, and for Niemi and uh the Bishop contract's pretty low A V, it was just way too long. So okay. give it a minute here. My internet's being a little pokey, but uh It needs to be more gumby. <laughs> um yeah, they're they're paying under five million a year for Bishop, and then Dobby at two and a half, and then this year they're still paying a million five to to Niemi. So <laughs> they actually don't. They actually have about the same on the books for the next season for goaltending as we do. Okay, fair yeah, enough. It's probably pretty average then. Um, I think so. That's a low end for a starter, but a high, uh, but, but a higher price uh, backup there. Um, nope. I will say with the buyouts, I w- I'm never going to get like too mad about a buyout anymore because yesterday I was reminded of the craziest buyout in like sports history when, and it happens every year on July 1st, <laughs> the Mets pay Bobby Bonilla $1.2 million every year um, until 2035. And it started in 2011 because in 1999 he had a salary of 5.9 million, and they were like, "Yo, we're just gonna buy you out of this contract, but can you defer it with interest until 2011?" Well, the the his agent put the with interest in there. It's eight percent right. interest, which 
ends up being a total of $29.8 million paid instead of $5.9 million paid. And he's also getting paid by, like, the Orioles or some other team, but not as much. Baltimore, and there's another one. There's Baltimore. He's actually being paid by, like, three teams. So he's his agent is, like, the greatest agent in the history of sports because he's still being paid and he hasn't played in 15 years. Yeah, and you can only get like two or three uh, points on those, so that agent's still making a lot of money. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good. At least we're not the Mets. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I I do. I'm I'm not a baseball fan, but I do enjoy Bobby Bonilla Day. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's okay. You know, um, the... the, um, uh... Tampa is paying Vinny LeCavity until the heat death of the universe, and let's not even get started on the Islanders and Rick DiPietro. Oh my gosh, Rick DiPietro. <laughs> that contract was like Well, the other thing is both those contracts, if they still if they hadn't been bought out, would still be ongoing. We haven't even gotten into the buyout years yet. Oh wow. There's still three more seasons on the DiPietro contract and two more on the LeCavier contract. They were both bought out in twenty thirteen. Wow. Interesting. I didn't know all that. <laughs> they were, I mean, they were, they're, mind you, they're not cap hit buyouts because they're compliance ones, but still, they're paying them forever. Oh, that's right. There were compliance buyouts as a result of the lockout, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, poor, poor Dobby. He's with the stars now. It sounds like he um, became some sort of Greek god. <laughs> I mean, can you if any you? hockey player was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. So proud of Carlo. I do Dobby so is. much work <laughs> to help him. Dobby I don't know what god. he's saying. <laughs> Dobby is the guy of the god, the god of fucking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> and forever remember against the Leafs, I believe. He saved us from a too many men penalty in the playoffs. Yep, he yanked Pulling you back off the ice. Yep. <laughs> Get back here. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Just get off. Why won't he let go of me? I don't know what he's saying. When, when Dobby talks, you listen. You don't know what he's saying, but you still listen. Right. Just do it. So that, that covers all of our exits. Oh, we got to talk about entrances. Oh boy. Yeah. So um, there was four of those. Um, do we? How do we want to structure this one? Uh, Let's talk about which makes sense, and then try to make sense of the other three. Okay. So, um, in a really great signing, actually, like really phenomenal. At uh, we signed uh, Yaroslav Halak at uh, for two years at two seven five. He was Halak of a pickup. Oh, oh Tim. <laughs> 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 um, two minutes it's not your I best have, work Tim that wasn't your best work at all <laughs> I, I have another one if we talk about what we think the Bruins should do oh no 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 you got two minutes in the penalty box oh okay. <laughs> Get you're joining him <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly take the two minutes and I have another one if we talk about <laughs> future stuff <laughs> um, anyway the select signing that's fantastic 
Like it's, it's a bit more than you want to be paying your backup. I guess your goalie is a seven million dollar goalie, but um, like your Halak's thirty five, a thirty five start guy. So if your breakdowns, you know, thirty five and um, uh, um, uh, what what would that forty seven or so starts? Like that's where exactly where you want both of them. Like I think this is the opportunity to be a really, really good one A uh, um, uh, starter and then one B, sort of like when Halak and Elliot were the tandem in uh, in, in uh, St. Louis. Yeah, I think I think it was Kalman that said it best. That he said that if any goal of any free agent goalie on the market to back up Tuca, he's the one that's probably going to push him the most. Well, and again, so. he's the one that'll play. He that can absolutely play the right number of games for Rask. Right, most of the other backups, I don't know if I would trust them with more than thirty starts. No, Halak. Yeah, Halak is a is has a history of being a one A one B guy. So if he's just like a one C, well, we're Rask is our one A. That split's fantastic. As I said to my husband last night, what happens, God forbid, I don't want this to happen, but what happens if Tuca goes down for a period of time? You want a guy who's, like, started. Yeah. Well, that and that, that was the biggest concern with trying to roll with McIntyre as our, back, as our backup next year, right? Right, right. He doesn't have the starts at the big level. And honestly, it seems like with the way that they've, with the way that they're you using McIntyre and this whole situation with him and uh, if they have to put him on waivers and things like that, it sounds like they value the other guys below him more than they do him. Well, McIntyre's problem is he needs to be ready to be a backup now if he was going to be. And he's not. And he's going to be exposed to waivers just to get down to Providence camp. I don't think, unlike, I doubt he'll, he doesn't have the prestige as that, that um, uh... Subban did. And Subban did. I mean, okay, he's got a Mike Richter award and stuff, right? But still, I think my guess is um, uh, McIntyre clears. Maybe, but you, you know, that's a chance that's going to have to happen, and it's going to happen what it soon. Is. Well, um, what they're going to do though, he's, they're not, he's going to be—he's—he's he's, he's not going to linger in camp. Part of the problem with Subban is he stayed and he lingered in camp too long. Well, it's because Sweeney had to figure out what how to handle it, and well, unfortunately, uh, I think the result. I think if he had put Subban down earlier, because he didn't start him as much, if he had if he had uh, sent him down to Providence earlier, he was less likely to be taken. It's a gamble. Well, here's the thing: is you can wave them and put pre- early in the preseason and keep using them through the rest of the preseason too. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, because camp doesn't open up in Providence until basically camp is done up in. in well, uh, also Boston. you can call him up and he still cleared waivers, right? As long as he plays less than ten games. Mm, okay. These are intricacies um, I don't know. Yeah, so if someone clears waivers, they can play ten games or have or or spend thirty days on the NHL roster before having to go through again. Okay, okay. Well, the, the point is without the, ever possibly without ever going down. The the point is is that Sweeney chose poorly on that. Yes, and I think he's not going to make that mistake with with with, with McIntyre. Now, keep in mind, our preseason's weird because there's going to be at least two or three games that are almost exclusively AHLers and camp invites. Mm. Because basically we have the two games in uh, in China are immediately oh, followed on the next day, each of them, by domestic games. Oh. Apparently the league's waiving the, um, uh, num- the, the uh, veteran requirements for those domestic games for us and for Calgary around the same time. Ah. That way both teams can send their... Big, most most of their big squad to China. 
Yeah, you want. So it's going to be a very interesting preseason. It's going to be a very interesting preseason because we're going to have those two games that are going to be almost exclusively guys that aren't making the team. Right. Possibly exclusively guys that aren't making the team, which makes it a very interesting camp because you could like really get a dark horse emergence out of say one of the three young centers. Ooh, true. And for that reason, McIntyre is probably going to stay up a while because he and Vladash are the only ones that are. Well, I guess no, no, they can keep Kaiser in camp because he has to go back to the go back to the OHL. Never mind, that works out well. Actually, the only one, of course, that won't be there is Swayman because he's still in the NCAA. You um, mean Black Bear? Great. <laughs> I think we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. This is stuff yes. that we can talk about a little bit more later. In um, any case, Halak, great signing. Yes. Really great signing. Probably the. Probably the best goaltending signing of the day, considering how like overpriced some of the other ones are. Like the Carter Hutton deal? Fuck that. No, Carter, <laughs> Carter Hutton is nothing to to write home about. So, I really liked the uh, Morazic deal in Carolina. It was one year, 1.5. Yep, that's a good one. That um, uh, $3 million for Cam Ward going to um, uh, to Blackhawks, though, with a full, NT, with a full, full NMC for one year. Oh. Well, I don't know what's going on with Crawford, but Crawford was suffering from vertigo last season, and they were really concerned about his health. So they want somebody, I guess, that, that can be more of a starter? I guess that you could have Cam Ward as a starter in the year of our Lord 2018. That is a decision you can make. <laughs> I mean, somebody to be I know. fair, <laughs> what, are, what are the Blackhawks even doing? Like, no one knows. They're... They're turning into, like, Vancouver over there quickly. No, oh, I was going to say they signed Kunitz, too. It's like, Kunitz is 30-fucking-9, and, like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> oh, 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 right. You guys employ you guys employ Patrick Kane. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> fuck you very much, boys. <laughs> oh, Bowman will find a way out of this. He always does, but they didn't well, make the playoffs. Traded, he hasn't traded the he hasn't traded the Hosa contract yet, so. Well, I don't want to talk about them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, we don't. Uh, okay, so okay. other arrivals, I guess. Um, the inconsequential ones, and then we'll work at the interesting one, I guess. Uh, sure. Okay, so the first other signing was uh, Chris Wagner. Local boy. Local boy, ergo Wagner, not Wagner. Yeah, I know, not Wagner. Uh, I, I thought we'd have to bring that one up. I'm sorry, VA. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. No, I, I, I knew that he was a local boy. He's from Walpole. I, I, my, my, my stance on it is he's the latest local boy that they're bringing home. Yeah, because uh, that worked so well with with with, with, um, uh, with Jimmy Hayes or O'Donnell, whatever his name is, I can't say it. O'Donnell, Pandolfo. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, okay, we have Pandolfo or or Mike Matow or uh, it's a string. On. It's a string string of them. So yeah. Um, anyway, okay, he's. He's a, he's a player of sorts. <laughs> fourth line, fourth line, right shot forward, twenty-seven years old. We're only paying him a million and a quarter each of the next two years. That's not fully burial, but the remainder is less than a, is less than league minimum. I hear this. Chris Wagner has played hockey. 
Yeah, yeah, sure looks like he has, in fact. Um, uh, um, <laughs> uh, and so just to give you some idea, he had a goal in 15 games with the Islanders last year and 15 points in 64 games with the Ducks. And the year before, uh, seven points in 43 games with the Ducks. And in 15-16, he had four points in 26 games with the Avalanche and two points in 17 games with the Ducks. So he's going to make Nolachari look awesome. Even more awesome. Um, yeah, I think he is. He's basically is Nolachari, except like not from Rhode Island. So ergo, he's, I, ergo he's lesser than Nolachari. Right. I, I like my Nolachari's only from Rhode Island. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's like being signed to somehow be simultaneously a Chari and Schaller. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> on to the next one. The other uh, low consequence signing is um, is uh, Joachim Nordstrom. Ah, uh, from Sweden. or Joachim. I don't know how you'd say that because he's Swedish. Like it was, I know how it would be if it was Spanish, but I think it's Joachim. Okay. I think it follows the German Joachim. Okay, so so Joachim Nordstrom. He's a Nordstrom. Surprise, surprise, a Swedish fella. <laughs> He's yeah. an ugly-looking Swedish fella. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, not talk, everybody um, can be Hendrik Lundqvist, okay? No, no, they can't. He's uh, yeah, so he's a he's a, a bottom six left wing, age twenty six. Signed him for two years, um, for a total of two million. Um, makes nine hundred thousand this year and one point one million next year. He had seven points in with the Canes last year. In 75 games, so... 12 points in 12 and 82 the year before. Very impressive numbers. 24 and 71 the year before that. And then by, and then after that, you go back to when he was with the Hawks, which was uh, over the span of a couple seasons, six points, in a total of 49 games. Okay, so um, refresh my memory. Chris Chris Wagner, not Wagner, he... What, what position does he play? He is a right-shot center, so... Realistically speaking, he was assigned to my guess is rotate in and out with Achari and or Corrale, depending on the opponent, would be my guess. Unless there's like some possibility of Corrale becoming our 3C, in which, dear God, please no. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, no. I love Sean Corrale, but he can't do it. It's, it's beyond him. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to, to remember that. Okay, so basically, Joachim Nordstrom is... The replacement for Schaller. Yes, um, with less scoring punch, and also quite a bit, and also nine hundred thousand dollars a year less. Okay. So well, neither of these are of any consequence. Nordstrom, that contract's one hundred percent variable, right? That's well below the threat, below the cutoff, and most of that, and most of that Wagner contract is variable. Okay, cool. Whatever. And somebody's got to be a thirteenth forward, so. Well, that's just it. You don't want a prospect being your thirteenth forward. So, because like, what if a bunch of the? Well, exactly. What what a bunch of the guys, um, a bunch of the of the kids, like, really show? It's fine to have one one or both of those guys sitting. Is you're you're losing spending nothing but but not very much money. Right. So they make sense in that respect. Yeah. A fourth liner and a thirteenth forward. Our, our fourth line is going to be a blender of those two guys, Achari and Corrali. That's that's perfectly fine with me. I guess. <laughs> if you had to, I, I do wonder if either of them brings enough to justify not just you know bringing up like someone like Coolman or or Fitzgerald specifically Fitzgerald. 
But uh, anyway, I don't know. I guess it, it's, it doesn't it doesn't matter much. They're not going to block anyone because they're, they're contracts that Sweeney has demonstrated a willingness to cut bait on before. Whether you're talking about uh, about fourth Alignin or, or or Ronaldo or Talbot, who's no. now they're, with they're, con- they're contracts like those. Yeah. So the the one that I find really puzzling, John Moore, two point seven my two point seven five million AAV, which is great. For five years. That term! Oh my god, I can't get over that. It's like, I could see that for two years, but for five fucking years? What? I, I'd, I'd even roll with the with the four we gave uh, Miller and, uh, and, and, and McQuaid. Because honestly, John Moore is a lot like Kevin Miller. He's just a left shot. But why? And maybe the fifth year is what it took to keep the AEV down. Maybe. And if that's the case, I mean, that's okay. That's, a, that's not a great number to be carrying for a... Uh, for, for potentially what to down the road will be an extra defenseman. But I think the idea is if he gets bumped to extra defenseman down the road, we'll be rolling a lot of cheap, hopefully a lot of cheap D anyway. Right? Yeah. Because okay. at that point you'll have some, you know, at least presumably at least one, maybe even two of some combination of, uh, of Zabora, Lauzon, Vakaninen, uh, friggin' uh, uh, new guy Anderson, one of them, right? So I'm okay with this. Uh, Moore's been known to shoot both sides, which is a nice feature in your extra defenseman. And from some of Sweeney's statements and some of the beat writers have said, they're sort of suggesting that maybe Sweeney really does intend to go into next year with, with eight roster defensemen so he could to give Cassie the luxury of building his um, doing some serious um, uh, matchup uh, building. Not to mention to have it for the playoffs because we get killed there. Exactly, right? I don't love the term, but I think I've come around, I've thought about it some, and it's like, you know, John Moore is actually a decent pickup. I just don't get the... And, and, and I love the money, because he was projected to go quite a bit more, like closer to three and a half. Right. I, I, my problem is the term. That it's, yeah. it's all, I'm just hung up on the term, and maybe at some point, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm be like, oh my god, that's totally fine. I What was I worrying about? But right now, I'm just like, I don't understand Sweeney's long game. The good news there is he's also 27, which means the term is much less catastrophic than it could be. Right. right? If he were 30, True. we'd be talking about something else. Like if we're given five years to Adam McQuaid next day, this time next year, we've done gone fucked up. Oh God. Oh. I don't even that. joke about that. Don't, don't, don't even put it out in the universe. Well, I will edit that out. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I'm I, like I said, I'm hung up on the term. Maybe it'll make more sense. I want to know what Sweeney's doing. Is he trying? Uh, that right there leads to the last bit, right? Yeah. Like this, this signing raises some of the most interesting questions. So we've now signed a, a larger, capable of playing middle pairing left D. I think that this, this, and the Tavares signing in in, in in Toronto leaves the Bruins in a very interesting place. Bruins have to do something more. Yes, absolutely. We have a potential to be the third, to be a top five team in the league next year, and only the third best in our division. That ain't gonna work. And out in the first round. Yeah, that ain't going to work. No. So are we? We looking... basically know we're facing one of our previous foes in the first round next year. Yeah, because that's how the great system is is worked out, right? Yeah. So the Bruins have to do something else at this point, and I'm not sure what's cooking. Right? You know. You know, is it is it is it Panarin? Is it is it Simmons? Hmm. 
I don't think I want Simmons for the amount for amount that it would have to be given up to get him. Even though I love Wayne Simmons. Yep. But especially after how he was basically being held together with duct tape at the end of last season, I'm scared of that con of that. Even if it's the one year, I'm scared of what you have to give up to pick him to get him. Or worse, the perceived obligation to re-sign him if you do. I love the idea of getting Artemi Panarin because that's one piece that the Blackhawks won't scoop up again. Yep, I am not only all in, I'm Panarin. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, oh. That's five minute major in the penalty box turn. Oh my god. <laughs> that's... No, 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 actually I take it back, it's five in a game. You're out of here! (laughs) (laughs) Having him on the right wing with uh, having the Bruss, Krejci, and Panarin, and then you have your top line already of Brad, Bergie, and Pasta, that's a great top six. So what you're saying is you're Panarin and not Panarin out. Exactly. (laughs) So, okay, so yeah, I think the Bruins have to make a big move. Panarin's the obvious move. Right. Yes. Yes. What are you guys comfortable giving up to make that happen? Keeping in mind that if you get him, you basically right away have to sign him, and probably to a no no less than nine million a year. Oh fuck. Oh god, I haven't really thought about this. I read this as 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 unfortunately Krug is as much trade bait as he's been. Yep. Even though I don't, even though Moore and Grizzlick, neither of them actually replace him at all in my mind. Do you think that Columbus would be interested in Krug? Their left D group isn't as good as their right. Let me bring them up quickly. And they could probably use a power play specialist. Now, what they're saying is they want a top six forward, but, like, really, we don't... We're... Oh, God. A top six forward? Oh, um... Krejci? You know what? They're being that vague. If they're being that vague, but I'm not entirely sure <laughs> shedding Krejci is a... Is, is a, would, would do as much favors on account of the whole um, not having a second line center. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Torts loves grit. David Backus. I love you, David Backus, but you know. You know. You know, maybe. <laughs> I mean, you probably have to give one of one of the good, one of the good wing, good kid wingers. You're probably and probably one of the ones that's established already. You're looking at either DeBrus- either DeBrusque or Heinen, I think. Heinen, sure. Heinen. Give okay. him yeah, the if that if that's a choice, it's no contest. I have a feeling that Jarmo would want DeBrusque. Panarin. Well, well, who doesn't is want mid- DeBrusque? Well, exactly. Right? Look at the motor. Oh God! But you know what? Oh no! Oh God! Panarin. Oh, I might consider DeBrusque, but I, I really want to get rid of um, Heinen. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't consider DeBrusque just because I. I, and I don't think I would consider Krejci either just because you're creating a bigger hole than you're well, filling by doing that. Uh, DeBrusque's a fillable hole. Remember, Perrin's a natural left wing. So then you still need another right wing. Oh, it's so... It's... So, so if, if that, in that scenario, if you send out DeBrusque, then, then Krejci's right wing, suddenly you're trying to fill it. You're still trying to fill it with... In that case, you know what? I drop back pasta. Yeah. Put a Krejci pasta um, Panarin line in, and then roll B- either Bjork or Donato at, um, uh, at at one right wing. Yep, I want Bjork um, just for the hundred percent, hundred percent line. <laughs> I mean, Bjork but did anyway, show some promise with them in preseason last year. Well, that- um, so anyway, yeah, they're left D. They have four left D on on roster right now, but uh, behind Warensky, it's not great. It's uh, 
Ryan Murray, and then something called a Dean Kukan, and something else called a Scott Harrington. So their left D could use some improvement behind Wierenski. Krug and DeBrusque. Oh, that hurts. That's why if they want That's why if they want Krug, I would go Heinen. I'd be like, no, it has to be Heinen if you want Krug. Well, see, there's the thing. Krug's on a really, really team-friendly contract. He's got two more seasons, and he's coming off a 59-point season. You almost have to sell high on him. Like, there's the thing is I think uh, you don't you don't need to throw that much in with Krug to make this happen, but they've said they want they said they want a, a top six a top six forward so you got to give them something. But Panarin's that good; it's worth it. I I, I think I give DeBrusque and Krug DeBrusque, DeBrusque Krug and probably still requires a pick, and I still do it. I still want to slap a, a top six label one on David Backus and pretend that all of that stuff of him being on the third line. No, no, that was our second line. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If you can get Krug, if the, if you can take that, get them to take Krug and Backus in the same deal, that's like so much money coming off the books that basically covers Panarin's deal right there. Well, that's the thing. So you do have to plan around it. So he's paying, making six. Now you basically, if you trade for him, you need to have terms agreed to before you make the pull the plug on that trade. And oh, absolutely. I don't, and I don't think he signs for less than $9 million. Yeah. He's so worth it, though. And honestly, I think I have a good hunch that he's going to – that he and Kucherov are probably both going to wait to see what the other one signs first. Even though it's not a perfect match because Kucherov is still in RFA next year. Yeah, we're we're basically, Kucherov. We're, we're, basically <laughs> uh, we're basically talking about Panarin does not he said he didn't want to sign an extension yet with the uh, Blue Jackets. Yeah, so the question part of the question there is does he not want to sign an extension with the Blue Jackets or does he not want to sign an extension yet period? You need to be able to know this, but apparently according to uh, LeBron um, the Blue Jackets haven't been letting prospective teams talk to Panarin and his, and his agent. Well, that's going to really, screw up. Well, that's a really stupid choice on 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 Jarmo's part in that case. Yeah, that's going to that's going to mess with his value big time. Yeah, if you're looking to move him because you don't think you're going to be able to sign him, because I think they really do know the answer. Uh, basically, if 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 he's not going to sign there, and you're not going to let people talk to him, and you're trying to deal him, that is lowering his value. Well, that's just it. Because you're you're introducing a ton of risk for your trade partner then. Yep. Now my other question is maybe maybe he's willing to um, once conversations advance to a certain point let them talk because I can't imagine any other GM's going to agree to that trade without it. True, and that could be it. maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he just doesn't want to let anyone speak with him. He wants to. He wants to get a deal in place. Wants to get the best value he can, and then let that team be like, yeah, you can talk to him now. But anyway, I think that was the most logical, but we are still looking at a big move. We're talking a GM career defining move. And I don't Which think it'll be nice can... for Sweeney to have one of those that isn't the Dougie trade. Um, yeah, that doesn't look good, but I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with it. <laughs> and I don't think you can sit back and do nothing. That's the other thing. No, no, because I... they're not improved off of last year. They're, they're actually worse. I did read uh, Sarah Sivian wrote today for, for EEI that she seems to think that maybe they could stay the course. I don't think that's the right move because staying the, here's the thing is, you know what? Okay, fine. You know, the kids are going to get better. More of them are going to graduate. Sure. But Bergie, 
and Marshy and Craigie and Rask get one year older. The window and Chara. And Chara might and Chara. not be back. Well, you see, yeah. we, we may well be on Chara's last season now, right? Yep. Again, I kind of think that I kind of think the John Moore signing telegraphs that Sweeney doesn't expect Chara to come back again after this year. I'd love it if he does, though, just to be clear. Chara, play forever. Just, just you know, continue being the obvious superhero you are. So, I, you have to go there. You have to to commit because there's no other choice. And also, and to after, a certain extent, that's a fool's errand. So I don't know. But also at the same time, after last season, there were the expectations going into the year weren't high, and then all of a sudden they have this fantastic season, and now you have high expectations going into this year. You can't take a step back. Nope, absolutely. You got to keep going forward. You got to you got to win that second round this year, at the very least. Now the other option, oh, I'm winning that second round is a challenge, right? Because huh, actually, you know what you want? You, you know where you want to finish in the Atlantic? Wild card. It's probably first wild card. Yeah. Yep, because you probably won't have to deal with uh, Toronto until later. You're probably. I mean, yeah, you're playing either the Caps, the Pens, or the or the Jackets in the first round, but that gets you that gets you a workaround on the uh, on the top of the on the top of the north of the Atlantic. The problem is, is what other Atlantic team is going to finish ahead of us besides uh, <laughs> besides Tampa and Toronto? Florida. She has a- they're the only possibility because, like Detroit, Ottawa, Detroit, Ottawa, and Montreal are all not going to happen, and um, Buffalo is not going to be there yet. I don't think they're all in a race for the bottom. Yeah, that's the other thing that I saw written yesterday. The Bruins very well may be a top five team in the NHL this year, but they could be the third best team in the Atlantic. It's a bad spot to be in. It's a really bad fucking spot to be in. Yeah, because the teams that are good in the Atlantic are all at the top, obviously, but there are five bad teams. Well, I'd say four bad teams, the Cats, and three good teams. Just because I don't really know what the Cats are. I have absolutely no idea. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> I don't think they know what they are. The Bruins have to do something. I don't think they can stay the course. Because I think if they stay the course, they're going to regress and take a step back. And you can't do that. And it's, it's not a time they can afford to be patient now. It's do or die. And i got to tell you, honestly, if they stay the course, the product is going to be not that great. It'll be fine, I guess. But they didn't make any moves that really improved the team, in my way of thinking. Yeah, they, they gave themselves more flexibility in terms of how they structured their D pairs, and that's about it. That's that's not enough. And remember, we still don't have a 3C. Yes, I know. Like We, we, we appear to be pl- banking on one of Studnika, JFK, or Frederick making the team out of camp. You know what? I'm all for it, but I'm a little scared. All right, I, I don't know how much more we can go on this right now. We're, we're going to have to see what happens. But, you know, there's there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. These are really young guys. Didn't Vakaninen sign? Yes. ELC? Yes. He is, I believe he's expected to stay and actually play in North America, too. Not He's not going to pull a Kapanen. Yeah, so so basically uh, he's expected down in Providence, right? Yeah. Yes. That's going to be fun. That's going to be exciting. You know? We signed, uh, yeah, I think so. And uh, we signed something called a Martin Bacos. Oh, yeah. Or, and, and Or Bacosh, probably. But... Bacos! <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to say his name. Uh, we will figure that out. But, yeah, he was at development camp, and he was going up and down the ice with the young guys. Um, and we also signed Axel Anderson, too. To yes, our, our second-round pick from last week. 
Yeah. And um, it sounds like the Bruins made out like bandits for their third rounder. Lauko. Uh, yeah, Jakob Lauko. People seem pretty pretty high on that grab because the guy is lightning fucking fast. However, counter argument, so is Zaxinition. So, <laughs> as a third rounder, that's okay if his tool set's not great, right? You know, it's it's a. Uh, he sounds actually very, very similar to Sinition, but with less pressure because he's a third rounder. Right. Look, we just have new pieces that will be presumably in Providence or something. I hope that he goes back to wherever he's going, juniors or something, and has a good year. Indeed. Also, I want to quickly comment on how like bo- incredibly boring this um, uh, the, the draft and free agency was for trades this year. Oh, like God. apart from like 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 what was there like the Orpic trade? And then he was bought out! <laughs> On a related note, there was the Steve Mason trade. Oh, he was bought out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, the O'Reilly trade last night. He was not bought out. He was, he was extended, not bought out. I think, right? No, 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 no. He was, O'Reilly's in the midst of a lengthy contract. Eight years, isn't it? Okay, so he, he went to St. Louis. Yes. For, uh, honestly, I'm... Um, St. Louis mugged the Sabres, but the Sabres still did better than Colorado got trading O'Reilly to them. Uh, A first, a second, a former first rounder in Tage Thompson, and a couple warm bodies in Victor Berglund and old friend Vladimir Sabatka. Yeah, I was, I was, it was Sabatka that that drew my attention. I was like, what? Because they just got him to come back. Yeah, he came back for like one year and they've already regretted it because that 3.5 is an awful lot to pay a a fourth line center slash wing. It is. But now it's Buffalo's problem. Yep. And, like, Blues absolutely rolled Buffalo there. But, again, Buffalo did better than Colorado did, I think. Because Colorado got uh, Grigor- got bust Grigorenko, possible bust uh, Zadorov, and uh, something called a JT Comfer. <laughs> Good try, Colorado. Oh, my lord, I'd made a mistake. What have you done? <laughs> I decided to go down... The Bruins Twitter rabbit hole, and it was not okay. You don't do that, Tim. No, I, 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 made. <laughs> I, 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 I stumbled upon. Oh, oh my gosh, I stumbled upon Jim Murphy being an idiot again. Um, again, yeah, isn't it sort of? Late? Isn't he just like a steady state idiot? Yeah, he. That's true. He thinks he wonders if Halak signing. Is trying. They're trying to see if he's good enough to down the road deal to Garask. Oh. Yeah, you should never listen to him. Oh my God! Please, listeners, if you take anything he says seriously, just don't anymore. I yeah, mean, just just listeners unfollow Jimmy Jimmy Murphy Jimmy Murphy. Like just 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 no. Or like, don't follow him in the first place. He he he's literally a poor man's hags. Which is saying something. Well, remember, he and Hags use each other as sources, so they always have to consider, oh, I have a source. Or someone else or someone else reported without a source. I mean... They, they have this whole cottage industry of nonsense. So you're saying that he's not liked by Boston Media either? No. I don't I don't know anyone outside of maybe J- J- uh, James Stewart that takes Jim Murphy seriously. How about James Stewart? Wrestling I bet Felger takes him seriously. Oh, well, of course, because he... he pedals and shit that's why uh, anyway look i think the tuka halak tandem is gonna be great oh yeah. I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to it i think it's gonna be spot fucking on 
one thing one thing I will say too beyond that, and this is about possible crew being go go bye bye. If he is traded, I would look to I would bet my life that um, you're gonna see uh, Charlie McAvoy's uh, point skyrocket. Well, yeah, because he's gonna have to drive the bus on power play one because there ain't no one else. And I think you know, while he's... I'm not even sure McAvoy's really up to the challenge of replacing Krug in that in that role, not to the way Krug does it. I'm still I still don't like the idea of trading Krug. I'm just accepting what I increasingly see as my impending reality. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. And here I am accusing you of trying to get rid of Carlo all the time and trying to break my heart. No, I'm just just trying to to, to cope with my own heartbreak, that's all. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I know it well. This is what happens when you latch on to fourth-line players. No, Timmy, you just have, like, I I think you just need to work on on, on who you latch on to. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's charming. You know what? Because I'm 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 right there with him. I we gotta love the players that not everybody loves, Tim. Uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of it. I mean, that's why, like, yeah, I like our stars and stuff like that. But I latch on to Tim? players that. No, keep going, keep going. I I got a comment for you. I think I think he just remembered one of his players was Jimmy Hayes. I think that that one felt shame. <laughs> that that's that's one. I was, I was I was on I was driving that Jimmy Mays Jimmy Mays Hayes hype train and uh then there was, you know, Kim Pinen and Sveti. <laughs> hey, Tim, I've got I've got a comment, a a listener comment that came over on the Twitters to barely on topic. Okay. Right? It's from Cricket K. She says, late listen, but please keep being emotionally attached to players. I need that reflected somewhere, even if it, if my ridiculous attachment to David Krejci is completely unwarranted. Now, I'm not saying that her attachment to David Krejci is completely unwarranted, because I know, I think that's a reasonable one. But you know what? Even if it does seem irrational and unwarranted, you keep liking the players you want to like. And this is why I've... This is why I've taken a liking to uh, Jeremy Swayman. To even, I mean, it helps that he's up here in Maine. But I was gonna say you Swayman, got yourself a Maine Blackbeard. Uh, you you mean Black Bear there? So uh. so that that's pretty fantastic. I'm thinking. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I saw that the Corrali deal was uh, finalized, but if uh, if that three year deal is finalized, that's that's gonna be the. Uh, the new absolutely latching onto a player. Cap friendly's got nothing yet. All I heard was that they were trying for three years with no money and there was no money attached to that rumor. Right. Okay. Let's just put it this way. Let's just bare bones it. Okay. This is a sport played by people. Now you can very much like the sport and not have any opinions whatsoever on the people. That's called being a casual fan. Okay. You're not a casual fan. You like players. You like the players you like. It's easy to like the stars. It's easy to love the stars. It's really easy to go, hey, Charlie McAvoy is my new favorite guy. But did I do that? No, because mostly because McAvoy wasn't signed then. But but really, I picked Carlo. And he has been rumored to be in so many trades because he's just good enough. You know? And there's more upside, but maybe there's not as much upside as, like, Charlie McAvoy. I know what he is, but 
gosh darn it, I'm going to love Carlo for the player that he is. Yep. I mean, fucking nice. It, it was Boychuk. It was Pae. I loved both of them. Oh, my gosh. Boychuk more, though. I, I loved mean, I, I, I still I still miss Rich Peverly to this day. So Pevs was absolutely fantastic, too. Yep. Yep. And, you know, it's... Oh, God. that What happened to him was... There really Perfect. aren't any words for that. Um, so I'm not even going to try. We all know what happened to him. And the fact that he could walk away from the game is great. And he's doing other stuff that's hockey-related. So good for him. You don't ever want to see that happen to anyone, even if you don't like the player. My love for obscure players started at a young age. I mean, my very first favorite player ever in hockey was Eric Weinrich. I mean, a journeyman defender who, yes, he played like 19 years in the league, but he also played for like 75 teams, including the Boston Bruins for that 30 games. I really liked Andrew Ferentz, not just because I find him physically attractive. That's not it. I just liked it when he would speak about the game. He would talk about it. He was like really likable and friendly. And I also liked that he's this little, he was kind of on the little side, but he liked to hit and fight sometimes too. I like all that stuff. I, he, he had a lot of spunk. I like that. It's why, uh, it's why Brock Holt is so awesome with the Red Sox. It's why Daniel Tice for the Celtics is so awesome. Just obscure players are fun. Yeah, I'm not saying that you that everybody needs to stop loving Patrice Bergeron. I mean, come on. Why you can't. why wouldn't you want to love him? But, you know, it's like you can like people other than the stars. You can have some irrational love for them and that is a okay. We might tease you about it, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sveti out there in Russia. Oh, I thought he was back with the Wild. He was last year. Wasn't he, he? They let it. Did they? His contract ended, and he went back to Europe. I don't know if it was. I don't know if he went back to the KHL or if he went back to Sweden or is he playing the Finnish league now? But he's somewhere. He's somewhere back in Europe at this point. I thought I read that he went back to the Russia. Okay. Oh, he's back in the SHL. Okay. Oh, the Swedish Hockey League. Yep, he's playing for. Oh, this is perfect. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's spelled T I M R A. This is absolutely perfect. <laughs> <just 'cause. laughs> We're gonna have a GoFundMe to fly Tim out to see Sveti play for the Timra, whatever they are. <laughs> the Timra Red Eagles. I love it. I'm already a fan. <laughs> They play at NHK Arena, and uh, Frederick Anderson is their head coach. Frederick Anderson? Yep. Not the Frederick Anderson. No, this guy is a former Swedish ice hockey goaltender, and he used to be a scout for the Buffalo Sabres. Okay, a different Frederick Anderson. Oh, Frederick Anderson's Danish, isn't he? He is. He's an Andersen rather than an Anderson. Oh, you're right. Except that I don't think it really makes too much difference pronunciation-wise, but whatever. Well, yeah, but... They're Scandinavian countries. Everything's kind of the same. They have a an odd relationship with vowels, and there you go. So do we have anything else? We heard from Cricket K, and we heard from Jean Catherine. Aha, Jean Catherine, who basically wanted to ask for our take on the uh, Tavares thing. And I think that we gave that take. <laughs> I think we have. <laughs> He's dead to us. No, I think that'll do it, considering I have a suspicion we're going to have grounds to have another episode in the not-distant future. 
one assumes that something is afoot. I hope so. So, I guess, thanks for uh, sticking with us, despite the hiatus, uh, listeners. You can um, occasionally find us on um, uh, iTunes, on uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, rate us a few stars. If you don't want to rate us a few stars, just sit this one out. That's cool, too. <laughs> you can talk to us um, uh, on, or on Facebook. It's um, at Barely On Topic Podcast. And, uh, of course, on Twitter at Barely On Topic or our your individual uh, Twitter accounts. I'm, of course, at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. Uh, I can't think of anything clever to say. VA uh, <laughs> <BA> from R.I. <laughs> okay. Odds on you'll hear from us again in the next few weeks, but um, we make no promises because it's all up to the Bruins. Timmy? Manheim! <laughs>